Yo, 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 it's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast 2.0. You already know what it is. Excuse my uh, speech bloopers during this episode. It's all good. Uh, we keep it um, authentic. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Artistic Tees. It's a company out of Atlanta where my shirt was from. Y'all check them out. Um, They do great work. And that's about it. I hope everything is well where you are. And thanks for listening once again. Enjoy the episode. Peace world, even though we're on the verge of World War III, you know, we're still holding it down. Thank you for tuning in to the Upgrade America broadcast. On this show, we're teaching you about Bitcoin, how it ties into current events. CJ, the Day Slayers, going to bring us up on sports. And we got a whole exclusive lineup. But what else are we talking about today, CJ? By the way, what's I'm- up? What's up? Oh, not saying, by the way, I'm Cameron Rob. But what else are we talking about today, CJ? Oh, man, CJ today, so like we're here. It's Sunday, you know. Yeah. Uh, blessings and sunrise to everybody. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my shirt. I know Cam was talking about it. Boom, boom. Y'all can check this out. We'll put the link, the link on the YouTube. Um, for company, Artistic Tees. We'll shout them out. They're out of Atlanta. They do great T-shirts. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about nationally uh, concealed carry. How do you guys feel about it? We'll talk about that. Um, Another thing I brought up, thinking about the Ukrainian situation, are American cities fortified for a foreign attack with air defense, like artillery, all these things, EMP now, because we're in the future. Do they have like drones maybe? We'll get into it. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about sports, Duke and UNC. I love it because Duke got upset, so we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Philly 76ers uh, because I'm curious on what's going to happen with the MVP race. We're going to also talk about Fed Reserve and U.S. government. What should they do with the CBDC? And Cam's going to take that over. He's the expert in all this. Um, And then everything else in between. We'll throw in the mix whatever else comes with me. Uh, comes comes up. So I'm not an expert. I'm learning just like everyone else, but I'm I'm sharing the knowledge that I know with with the world. So I want to touch briefly on CBDCs and a proposal for the feds not to mess this up. So um, I'm no advocate of CBDCs. They are indeed the anti-crypto, but they are inexorable. We can't fight technology, but we can strive for its intelligent design. The federal government must leverage the advantages of blockchain technologies provide in order to retain its relevance in the ever-changing new world. CBDCs have many of the same characteristics as Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, such as secure, speedy transaction, transparency, and the inability to double spend or counterfeit. In these times, we're spending and sending aid is a matter of life and death, we need a more resilient cash system. I choose Bitcoin. The feds have not 
jumped on board with that and they seem to be trending towards a Fed coin. So you can't blame them for wanting their own thing. We can only suggest best practice for, for such a medium of transactions. So the proposal, it will be most advantageous if each CBD was a digital wallet. And a digital wallet is just a, it can be software. It's software that just holds code i.e. that code is Bitcoin, Ethereum, what have you. In this proposal, I'm suggesting that the CBD, the CBDC, aka FedCoin, what have you, be a digital wallet and it holds a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. This will provide value to the FedCoin, similar to a currency being backed by gold. We're an inflation nation, not because of Vladimir Putin's invasion to Ukraine, but because of the poor fiscal responsibility of the Federal Reserve. A CBDC, absent of Bitcoin, is like the government creating trillions of Dogecoin, SHIB, or whatever equally worthless shitcoin that's out there on the market. We must cease printing money and creating digital assets from thin air. We must back our money supply with an asset that is backed by proof of work, aka Bitcoin. What are the advantages? Well, it will ensure U.S. dominance and in a rising crypto market that all the global players are, are entering into, even some of our adversaries. And as the value of Bitcoin rises, so would the value of the Fed coin and the American global, the American economy and the, the global economy that's so closely linked to it. Furthermore, it will reinstill faith and hope in failing U.S. financial institutions. Please consider and don't cave to global tyranny upgrade america that's all i got cj uh so what about uh cash users like how does that affect cash at some point cash is becoming obsolete now we've witnessed this in the pandemic where there's a coin shortage mm-hmm. and also people didn't want to take money simply because it's filthy it's like hey i touch this you touch this this dollar bill has been in this stripper's but and you know money is filthy so the pandemic has already steered away it's steering people away from cash and mm-hmm. furthermore all cash businesses i don't want to say all cash businesses are all freaking money laundering spots but they can be mm-hmm. those cash makes it easy to launder money so going with a cbdc a digital dollar with transparency that you can track across and see where every dollar the history of that dollar has gone that is very advantageous to the federal government particularly the irs so i see why they want that i just don't want them to print money from thin air hey, we got trillions trillions of, of, of digital coins like no we must back them by with a with a sound a, a, a sound asset a bearer bond asset like like bitcoin all right, real quick, what's up, IG Live? Driven by purpose, what's going on? Um, I haven't done this in a while. I forgot to even shout y'all out. But yeah, we'll be recording the show, so I'll be able to put a live on my profile. But anyway, oh, thanks for watching, listening. Uh, Driven by purpose. Um, the other thing I was thinking was, um, okay, so you know our grid is kind of suspect, our electrical grid. So yes. that's why I'm saying cash is kind of like an analog backup. I'm thinking in terms of that as well. So say the system was to go down, 
Like, how does that balance out? Now, you have a very valid point there, but if I'm just going to keep it real with you, yes, the grit is wrong. However, mm-hmm. unlikely event that it goes down, we're in the we're in the caveman age yeah. anyways. So it's yeah. not like you, uh, hey, business as usual, power's down, no, no, no. Like, it's more or less, a, it's, it, I could foresee prolonged, a prolonged blackout would be a state of anarchy. Mm. Okay. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Let's see here. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, reciprocity, right? Being able to conceal carry nationwide. Is it time to go ahead and pass that? Now, isn't there some some law called the constitutional carry? I'm not sure. I mean, it's not wrong. We can Google it, but I, don't I have that because I want to say that was superseding the and don't quote me on this there uh-huh. are that are participating in this constitutional carry you don't need like a like concealed carry to carry if you mm-hmm. meet the requirements to carry a firearm they're pretty much saying like the second amendment says you don't need all that you can just do that I think Texas is a constitutional carry state but I could be wrong Let's see, I'm just doing a quick Wikipedia. We know it's not an academic source, but we're just doing it for quick reference here. <laughs> for you scholars out there, Upgrade America. Uh, 2.0, might I add. Anyway, uh, let's see. Constitution of Care, Permitless Care, Unrestricted Care, Vermont Care. Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm just trying to see. Oh, U.S. jurisdictions that have constitutional carry. That's probably a simpler way to do that. So Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, residents only, Mm. uh, concealed carry only, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, handguns only. Uh, Texas, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So, basically it's saying uh, illegal public carrying of a handgun or either openly or concealed without a license or permit. That's a constitutional carry. And this phrase does not typically refer to the unrestricted carrying of a long gun, a knife, or other weapons. The scope and applicability of constitutional carry may vary state by state. Interesting. Uh, I do believe, like, and most states you can open carry a long, Um, like a rifle or something like that. And that was one of the, that was the legal, how do you say, situation that allowed the Black Panthers to march. Was it in Cali or was it in Washington? Yeah, it was in Cali. That's when they did the Mumford Act to um, suppress that. I think Ronald Reagan, when he was governor, I think, or something like that, if I remember correctly. Did they suppress it in, um, in Cali? Because I know the gun laws have been crazy in, in Cali subsequently, but a lot of places you can just ride around with rifles and stuff. Yeah. Mainly in the South, for sure, for the most part, from what I've seen living in Georgia and South Carolina and Florida. Um, Okay, so this is the actual bill, H.R. 38. Um, It was introduced by 
I think Republican or Representative Hudson. Oh, okay. Representative Hudson, Richard Hudson out of North Carolina, I guess District 8. Um, so Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. So it was uh, introduced, I guess, March 1st, 2021. And everybody, y'all can go to congress.gov to see like bills, laws. We, we've used this on both other seasons too. Yes, indeed. So it's just still sitting there, basically. Um, so not like active or passed or what? Just sitting there, it's introduced. It has, a, it has like a little tracker. And on the tracker, it just has introduced. It has. It doesn't have past house, past senate, past president to the president, or become law yet. So I think that's cool too that you can see like the progression of a bill. Um, basically, they want to establish a, a federal statutory framework to regulate the carry or possession of concealed arms across state lines. That's I, in a nutshell. You'd be able to carry your gun everywhere. I agree with it mm -hmm. it's um just the whole the, the constitution sets the the outline for it and mm -hmm. there's particularly when you're you're traveling there's places where you can go a long distance without encountering any type of law enforcement right it, it's you that's the best way to say it you have the right to provide your own security when you're you're transiting through rural areas and dangerous areas. Like I'm, I'm for. It. Yeah, and especially you can speak on this highly. You just did a long road trip for the last few months. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? I mean, oh, sharing, uh, what you can, sharing what you can, of course. But what yeah, was that like? Because it's like. Um, there are states when you when you get your concealed carry license, you know they give you a map of all the states that will honor your concealed carry license. And there, I believe there's like 16 other states. States that I know don't honor it are, are like Cali, Nevada, uh -huh. um, and there's that can those situations can just make you not want to visit those states. Uh -huh. and, and, it's best practice before you travel see is see which states honor your concealed carry because it's it kind of sucks because it's like some it can be a neighboring state like for instance pennsylvania maryland does not honor a pennsylvania concealed carry license new jersey does not honor a pennsylvania concealed carry license new york does not honor you know? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, bro. It's like, if you're going to talk all this mess about defunding the police, it's like, then you got to have, everyone should be entitled to their own security. That's an interesting way to put that, too. Hmm. Um, I'm, I guess my question is, why hasn't it already happened? At this well, point? Like, we could do this nationwide. Like, I care to consider it. that are holding down the gun laws like that are really preserving it it's fed part of both sides of the federal government don't want the citizens to be armed like well, it's, it's the, the you know the democrats and yet they we, we see their objective to take uh firearms but uh the, the right is i'm not saying they're equally but there's efforts to uh to take 
take firearms. I think it's the states that are really holding it down. So I guess I got the other question. Um, I would think after September 11th that this would have been like, I would what? think. From like a, uh, a homeland defense perspective? Yeah, I would think so. I would think so too. Maybe now after like people are seeing what's happening in Ukraine and every everyday average citizens, perhaps this is a segue into that ABD, Air Base Defense uh, conversation, but everyday citizens are grabbing guns and they're holding down their block. You know, like teachers and like doctors and people who usually don't pull triggers are like, they're busting shots at the enemy. And maybe people, American people will see that and be like, yeah, that could be us. But what do you think? Oh, since you're already talking about this, I brought up the idea of talking about the Ukraine conflict, how they have to basically go asymmetrical guerrilla warfare, like, you know, everybody got to know how to fight, right? I was like, are American cities built up to defend themselves just as a city? Could each American city defend itself militarily? Without the National Guard and all that, obviously we're going to have that, but I'm talking about the city itself. Could it defend itself from a foreign attack? Yeah. I mean, um, and I, I, I do mean to toot the horns of all my fellow veterans, but as long as we have some heads up, like, hey, like, there's some sort of inv- pending invasion. Yeah. When you look at all yeah. the cathedrals, you see, like, I see fortified buildings that, you know, you can hold down positions. Like, you're talking about, and, and I don't want to get too much into detail because they'll flag, <laughs> they'll flag this content for me and, like, yeah. or flag that they would throw on there, but the Anarchist Cookbook outlines it, it outlines it all, you know, and um, there are unconventional means to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to fight an insurgency, like, Iraq was, yeah, we fought a conventional military and they folded in like, let's call it a couple of months. But the insurgency was, that was the brutalist, uh, that was the brutalist part of, of the war was the insurgency. So you're talking about these are regular citizens and yeah, maybe ha- they had some experience, they had some knowledge, given mm-hmm. a few operatives who taught and how to spin up, you know, an insurgency. But America has legions of hunters. They have countless uh, military veterans and the knowledge to, to conduct such an operation, a defense op. I don't want to say it was short work, but yeah, it could be done. It was tough, but it, it, it could be done. Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking about it. It's like, I was just thinking of Orlando, for example. You know, I live in this area. I was like, huh, if foreign, if foreign invaders came here, how would Orlando defend itself? And I'm like, you know, what do they come with the heavy artillery, like drones, all this stuff? It's not just, you know, uh, troops. It's like a little bit of everything. So I'm like, how would we defend against that? Now, granted, just what you were just saying, like, we got plenty of hunters here. What, on average, I would say, at least in Florida, I'll just give a snapshot of Florida. I would say each citizen probably owns three to four guns themselves as an individual. This is not even talking about if they got a wife or a partner or whatever, and they have weapons as well. So 
Um, I don't know. It was just something that just crossed my mind. I was sitting there thinking about it. Thinking what up? Like just getting inside Putin's head. It wouldn't be like, yo, I'm rolling up with the tank. He wouldn't do Ukraine on U.S. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You'd have to discuss that ad nauseum, the, the, the power grid. So, yeah, insurgency, trying to operate without calm, long-range communications, without, uh, you know, without power. Then And then, you know, we're already internal struggles for food and, and resources and stuff like that. Then, yeah, maybe, how do you say, uh, some sort of enemy invasion could... It could go out a little easier, but it, it would suck both sides. Now, I got another question. How would this, say that was to happen, right? This is all hypothetical. Everybody don't get freaked out. How would that play out for ethnic groups in America when we're all facing the same enemy, but we still got our own issues here in America? How do you think that would play out? Um... Seeing it as, as you're seeing the Ukraine situation, how they were treating like the people they're studying, they're trying to get the safety just like they are. You know what I'm saying? So that's another theme I wanted to kind of explore as well. I was sitting there thinking about it, like, okay, how did that play out in the U.S.? We're dealing with a foreign invader, and now we all got to come together to yeah. fight the same person. No, I get what you're saying, particularly when. You- regards to we were mentioning the Ukraines and Africans and Asians and how they're being treated unfairly during the evacuations of the major cities. So could would such a similar thing happen in America and how would how would you respond to the foreign invaders after dealing with that? And it's a tricky thing too, because I'm also thinking of insider threat. You gotta worry about your own citizens taking advantage of this unique opportunity mm-hmm. to do stuff they've been wanting to do. That's another thing I was just thinking about. Like, oh, I can't stand those motherfuckers. Oh, now, boom. We got this big distraction. We're all in jeopardy, but now I still got this small window of opportunity to bust shots on somebody I don't like. Um, oh, or I hate. Huh? If it, in military invasion, I'm not sitting around to hold down the house I'm renting. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. I'm getting the out of there and, you know, to the bug out procedures and whatnot. So, best practice would be not to be around as many. <laughs> Don't be around as many people. Because one is like, yes, we are disciplined warriors. Mm-hmm. It's all about trigger discipline and weapons discipline and, and weapon safety, what have you. Don't want to be around a bunch of civilians. Like, undisciplined civilians, unled civilians with guns and, and snooping around for the enemy? No, like... Yeah. Oh, uh, if everybody wants to see examples of what we're talking about, watch Red Dawn. Mm. <laughs> uh, they got the original version from the 80s and then you have, like, the updated version from, like, 2010 or something like that. That's, like, a snapshot of kind of what we're talking about. If you want to get a picture of what it would look like. Um... All right, what else are we talking about? Um, you had one more thing off your... Uh, Let me see. As far as, like, from... Yeah, conventional. When was the last time a conventional military force 
attempted to uh, invade America. Ooh, that's a good point. Let me see. Let's go to the Google machine. Let's see. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. It's like, World War II. It's the Japanese. They hit Oh, Japan. yeah, that's right. Damn. You're right. You're right. But then they had second thoughts about hitting the mainland exclusively because of the number of guns, the number of hunters. They're like, okay, yeah, our military fighting the army is like, how, how big would you say the army is? Right now, currently? A, a couple million at most. I think, is all, I think active duty is like a million something. Active duty, like no, all the force. At, at most. And it's yeah. like Japanese could factor for those numbers. But the 40 million hunters who just trained to, to shoot deer and stuff, and then the countless gun owners, no one wants to, a piece of that. But yeah. there wasn't a conventional military invasion since like World War II, and it was just Hawaii. Another fun fact about World War II, they did, the Japanese did send some like balloons mm-hmm. to the mainland. <laughs> California and uh, Washington State. But that was it. So basically, we would have to be ruined from within side. Yeah. Basically, is what I'm hearing. And all that inciting um, a civil war. Yeah. What would a civil war look like at this day and age? Um. So it's obviously a government versus rebels. I would see it as being a lot of malicious and decentralization, but like, I don't think it would be, it would be a time of uniformed soldiers lining up that I think it would be, as you mentioned before, it would be like guerrillas, it would be guerrilla warfare and um, urban warfare, Mm -hmm. drones, cyber attacks, all that mixed in, like, I, I want to say we're nearing the end of conventional warfare, like tank battles and, and all that, and it's becoming more of this. It's like, yeah, world peace, a global war on terror. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess the other thing I'm thinking, as you're saying that, right, what are we going to do with all that equipment, though? Like, we got all these tanks, we got all this stuff. Like, what do we do with that equipment? Um, well, <laughs> gonna be frowned upon but uh on my decision but <laughs> keep what you need to defend the homeland and destroy the rest here's upside do you remember our security forces training in the manual where you're talking about like hey you're out of outposts and you're getting overrun and you have more guns than you can carry what are you supposed to do are you supposed to destroy them, Jonas? You're supposed to destroy them or take a the firing pin or, or something that's critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire? Remember that, yeah. What the? Not on the Sunday. <laughs> what happened in Afghanistan was an atrocity. We left billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of military equipment. Cool. You can't carry it. Sabotage it. Like, the Taliban is bragging about their military arsenal. They're like... How many, uh, like, nearly a million uh, assault rifles, countless military vehicles that they're selling to China, to the reverse engineers, selling to all our adversaries. So it's like, and 
know things always seem easier in hindsight, but my question for you is why wasn't this stuff deliberately sabotaged so our adversaries cannot use our, our, our stuff, our weapons and equipment? And it's gonna sound jacked up, but because we already developed either we already have something new in the stash that's gonna be obsolete to us more than likely. That's my biggest thing. Or they looked at the cost of because you gotta think how they withdrew. It was very like you know what I'm saying. It wasn't they didn't plan it properly. So I think it's more of we already have stuff in development that's way more advanced than that and. Part of it wasn't worth the cost. Like it wasn't, it was more of a hasty retreat in a sense. It wasn't really planned out. You look at people hanging off planes and stuff, like it wasn't planned out properly. I totally agree on that. And we've asked a million reasons, questions why it wasn't planned out. But any historian who looks back on Afghanistan and sees how many of our allies went into there and, uh, it, it, it doesn't make sense. The British have been there. Like, I watched them when I was there. I was watching them pull out piece by piece. I'm oh, sitting no, here. We're still British here. We were in Afghanistan in like the 1800s. It's, they were, you don't been there. <laughs> and then go back. And I don't want to say there's always going to be conflict in Afghanistan, but what are the odds that American warfighters could get maimed or killed by American weaponry that was left there in, in Afghanistan. Another example moment, Iron Man, the first one. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of what we're talking about. Oh yeah, security forces was in there too, by the way. And Transformers. Had to throw that out there. Air Force, air power. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, I wanted to talk a little bit about sports, not too much. Um, I was so happy that Coach K, he was a, he's a champion coach, Hall of Fame coach in college, men's basketball, got destroyed by his rival, the Tar Heels, who I'm a fan of. So I was so excited. I didn't watch the game, but I saw the highlights and just seeing the score and seeing that the Tar Heels beat them on their home floor for his last career game was amazing. That's all I had to say. So all you fans, fuck y'all. Uh, what's up? What score? Score is like, I don't know. It's, it's not even important. Just the Tar Heels won. <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. Um, the other thing, oh, I started watching yesterday. I started watching the Kanye documentary. It made me think of your documentary that you're putting together. And I wanted to share my thoughts on it real quick. I'm kind of late on this, but it's really good. You see the time, the thing that's getting me is his mom in the era, seeing the, the time era change from 98 to like 2004. I'm like in that range, 2004-ish right now in the, in the documentary, it's three parts. They're like an hour and a half a piece or something like that. It's a very inspiring documentary. I gotta give it to him. Like, and to see his talent and everything like that, you're watching it. Like you see it, but you're watching it evolve. It's very cool. Um, I do pray that he gets some peace and some stability, some stability within himself. Because it does seem like he's kind of off the rails. But I gotta give it to the documentary. It's good so far. And I thought of you because 
y'all had some similar things. Funny enough, I was sitting there watching, I was thinking of you with your documentaries, like with you making music, with you doing this, like running for president, like all these things. It's kind of fascinating, like how they're very parallel. <laughs> so, um, what's the other thing? Um, that's all I got. You got anything else, really? I'm thinking of anything else I wanted to bring up while we we're talking about it. Man, I mean, so much has been going on in the week. Bitcoin news, all that good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't been too political, but nah. you know, 2024 is right around the corner. And if you are in Bitcoin, you gotta have a. Uh, you should really write your candidate, Congress people, senators, what have you, and let them know this is uh, an issue that you will vote on. You know that. And um, yeah, that's all I can think from uh, as far as additional updates on, on that. Hmm. Oh, I wanted to share. We were talking about this before we got on the experience of unmasking, right? And it's been a journey for me this week is one of the first times I really unmasked. First is like at work, which was very uh, fascinating. I didn't think I was gonna feel all this. And it was almost like I was a celebrity or something. Like one of those celebrities that always keep a mask on or something like Dead Mouse, that dude from EDM or it's like Daft Punk, I think. They always keep the mask on. You never see their face. So it was kind of like that. Like when I took it off and everybody's like, oh, I've never seen your face. Oh, nice to meet you the first time. I was like, oh. So the first day was very overwhelming, I got to say. And then going into stores and stuff now without a mask, like it's been, uh, I didn't think, I, I didn't expect to feel like this, but it's been kind of weird. I don't know. What about you on your end? Um, yeah, the mask thing is, they kind of went away from it for a while where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just weird seeing like the feds change their stance on it, particularly when it was gospel and particularly when like people got into fights over this this thing but yeah. would be out in public one person wouldn't have their mask on and then whoever was responsible for, for ensuring everyone had their mask on would be assertive hey you need to put your mask on. and people have gotten that physical contact fights over this thing you know um i don't want to say it, it may people may trust the judgment of the, the administration but mm-hmm. Or the government in general, but I mean, it's um, it seems like they had to do something. This is what they did. Like as band aid, now we're taking the band aid off, and we just gotta move forward from it. I was thinking too, like we said, I think we on season two it might have been in the midst of COVID. Uh, I think we said. They should have just contained it domestically. Like we should have kept, like you know, the most vulnerable. And I think some doctors had said this too. I forgot the name of the the document. They had presented this, I guess, to the CDC or Congress or something, and they were like, "No." And they were saying, like, the most vulnerable, 
like uh, immune systems and elderly, whatever, they mask up, they quarantine. Everybody else can resume as normal. And we should have just locked down domestically. And we shouldn't have let people in and out. Were people still able to come in and out from other countries for a while in the U.S.? Or was it? I can't remember. I don't recall when we, maybe we had a, a, a temporary uh, shutdown, but it's like, I don't want to say it's America. Like, that's the whole concept of people come here and do stuff. Like, I really don't know because I didn't travel abroad during the, uh, the pandemic. Yeah, me neither. I think, honestly, I, I feel like in, I could be wrong. They're only lifting all this and doing all this because of money. Mm. Because the amount of money, even though a lot of people got rich during the pandemic, a lot of poverty and a lot of pan out happened too. And I, like, uh, like, I think that's some of why everything's being lifted and all this stuff. I totally agree on that. A lot of people got enriched during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But like, when you look at the implications of what that uh, forced jab would, would have done to the economy in terms of you know people who would have lost employment and stuff like that, it was just, it was out of control. Yeah, seemed like much thought was not put into uh, the solution because it was way worse than uh, than the actual virus. You know, it was it was way worse. But we're moving forward from it. Yes. Like you know, we'll we'll say (laughs) house gas down here and your your way. Second, oh gas, oh man. I think it's at four dollars a gallon at least. It's over four down here. It was yeah. like before four fifty the other day. It went down a little bit, but um, now you know. I believe it was Angela Yellen is saying like, "Yo, get get used to it. This is going to be a thing for this year." But um, again, biggest takeaway to all our friends in uh, in Washington and the intelligence agencies, yo. Back the beat. Upgrade America. Like, if you're going to do the CBD thing, CBDC thing, where you can freeze accounts, and that's the whole purpose of it. I get it. But at least make it have some value. Back it by Bitcoin. That's all I got. Um, yeah, man. Luckily, I've had practice with this in 08 when I was living in Atlanta when I think a pipeline got destroyed from a storm. I think gas was like four dollars an hour. You're talking about 2008. So I remember filling up my tank and taking public transportation. I was so lucky that I was in Atlanta where I needed to go. When I was staying there, I could take the martyr. But not everybody could necessarily. And then you saw the most outrageous stuff for gas, like people stealing gas. Prostituting for gas, like trading for gas, all kind of stuff, man. So I am thankful that I'm in a better space than I was then because I was first out, you know, out of the Air Force, too, on top of that. So, um, yeah, just grateful, man. Um, Other than that, man, that's all I really got. Yo, be blessed and, you know, take care of one another. Do your best, follow your dreams, all that good stuff. And then on positive high notes, I don't know. What else yeah. you got? Okay. 
Now nah, that's it. Upgrade America 2.0. Peace. Peace. All right, IG. Stop this.